0: Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. The escalating violence in Hong Kong forces the suspension of classes in all schools in the city Thursday. The Hong Kong police once again expressing alarm in the months-long unrest, gripping the city, saying the violence has reached a deadly level. As the crisis deepens, U.S. lawmakers are looking to intervene. Joel Caballero reports.
1: China issues a stern warning against the US as Washington tries to pass a bill supporting Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement. China's foreign ministry says the US Congress must immediately drop that measure. The Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act paves the way for sanctions against individuals deemed responsible for actions that undermine Hong Kong's autonomy. That bill was unanimously passed by the U.S. House of Representatives last month and senators are now pushing for a vote on their version of the measure as violence in the territory rises. Amid China's warnings against foreign intrusion, former Hong Kong lawmaker Emily Lau is turning to the international community for help. Lau believes foreign governments and business communities could help break Hong Kong's political impasse. Lao also calling on Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam to set up an independent commission inquiry that will look not only into alleged police brutality, but into all irregularities happening during the unrest. I think if she would announce the setting up of this inquiry, it would help, it would not stop all the turmoil, mm. I accept but it would help to get certain people to calm down. I think the international community must call on the Chinese government to let everybody calm down. The escalating tensions in the city have forced schools to shut down for the first time. Offensive weapons like electric swords, bows and arrows were used by
2: rioters to target police officers. Rioters' violence reached a very dangerous and even deadly level. One may ask, where did all these petrol bombs and weapons come from? Where were they were made? How were they mobilised within such a short time? We have strong suspicion that the school was used as a weapon factory. This necessitate police response and the use of
1: force, including rubber bullets, beanbag rungs and tear gas for dispersal. But as for the Filipino workers in Hong Kong, they are determined to stay. Philippine Consul General in Hong Kong, Raleigh Tejada, says Filipinos in the city are coping well. They are definitely uh, determined to stay here in Hong Kong because uh, they feel that uh, this uh, situation will uh, uh, blow over. Uh, because uh, uh, anyway, the, the, the situation here in Hong Kong, while uh, there is some chaos uh, they feel secure in the homes uh, that they are working in. Uh, their employers remain supportive uh, of their stay here in Hong Kong. Meanwhile, the Philippine Central Bank says the impact of Hong Kong's political unrest on remittances from overseas Filipino workers remains manageable. Hong Kong is host to almost 150,000 Filipino workers as of 2017. Remittances from the Chinese territory account for some 3% of total Philippine remittances in the past five years. Joel Caballero, ABS-CBN News.
0: Hong Kong stocks dropped nearly 2 percent, led by declines in property shares as protests are spread across the city. Risk appetite was also curbed by fears that U.S.-China trade talks are not making progress. U.S. President Donald Trump issues another tariff threat against China, sparking fresh trade concerns. Despite the uncertainties, some legislative leaders from both countries express interest to strengthen cooperation. Ron Cruz tells us more.
3: I tell it to everybody, if we don't make a deal, we're going
2: to substantially raise those tariffs. U.S. President Donald Trump stirring up tensions with China on the trade front yet again. This comes as the two economic superpowers struggle to sign a trade deal in the coming weeks. While Trump insists China wants to hammer out an agreement, he offers little details on how the negotiations are going. Trump also says a no deal would mean significant tariff increases. Amid renewed confusion over payments of extra duties, Chinese commercial importers made new purchases of U.S. soybeans this week. That's even as up to 2 million tons of American cargo were waiting to offload at ports in China as its stockpiler looked for storage room. China bought about 14 million tons of U.S. soybeans from December as part of the truce in a trade spat between the world's top two economies, at least 7 million tons of which were going into the reserves. Despite hot and cold rhetoric between the two economic giants, legislative leaders from the United States and China are expressing interest in strengthening cooperation. Lawmakers from 10 US states and 15 Chinese provinces joined nearly 200 enterprises at a forum in a Chinese province to discuss economy, tourism, and even trade. Building
3: my relationship with the government officials of China has helped me understand how that we in the United States, especially in my state of Alabama, can be a partner with them when it comes to imports and exports.
2: The legislators remain mum, however, on the ongoing trade spat. The U.S. and China are locked in a 16-month dispute, which has battled financial markets and disrupted global supply chains. Ron Cruz, abs News.
0: Here at home, Philippine shares have fallen back to the 7,900 level, mirroring declines across Asia. This following Moody's downbeat growth outlook for the country. Details from Michelle Long.
4: Philippine shares tumbled again Wednesday, this time failing to hold above 8,000 in step with most markets in the region as investors weigh more U.S.-China trade uncertainties. The PSE index down of one percent to close at 79.47.
0: stock
2: market right now is dead and boring. We might as well close on Wednesdays and not have any afternoon session. Nobody is paying attention to the stock market. The stock market is not paying attention to the economic numbers.
4: BPI Securities Hajnar says fair market value for the index is still at 8150 by year end.
1: Ideally, we would have hoped that the economy would have grown at a faster pace this year. Uh, so far, we haven't really seen any significant surprise in, in terms of uh, economic growth, even how well we've done. Uh, d- despite that, uh, you know, the downgrade.
4: Speaking of growth, a recent Moody's Analytics report said. While growth has picked up in the third quarter, it's still not on track to hit even the lower end of government's 6-7% to 7% target. Adding gross capital formation continued to fall, an indication that the Philippine Central Bank's loosening monetary policy is not enough to overcome economic headwinds. In the earnings stream, Anderton's property arm MegaWorld posts a 17% increase in nine-month profit supported by strong reservation sales and a 19% surge in rental income. As of end September, Megaworld launched 59 billion pesos in new residential inventory. It's completing 192,000 square meters of office spaces this year, making it on track to breach the 2 million mark by next year. And Pure Gold posts a 12 percent jump in net income for the January to September period to 4.5 billion pesos as sales rose 10 percent. The group cites strong same-store sales growth, benefiting from higher consumer spending, fueled by easing inflation and increase in minimum wage. In other news, Lushutan's Macro Macroasia, the country's dominant aviation support service provider, has confirmed it bought bid documents for the Sangli Airport project. It is reportedly one of at least seven that have expressed interest to team up with the provincial government of Cavite for the $10 billion project. The others include Mani Pangilinan and the Villar Group. Companies have until November 25 to submit their proposals. TAN is also part of the super consortium that's proposed to rehabilitate the Nina Aquino International Airport. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Manila's finance chief
0: says the government has already earned some 11.4 billion pesos or over 225 million dollars in rice tariff revenues as of end October. But Finance Secretary Carlos Dominguez notes smuggling and hoarding activities continue to undermine the rice tariffification law. Some farmer groups have earlier expressed opposition against the measure which allows the unregulated entry of imported rice. But Dominguez maintains there is no inclination to repeal, revise or suspend the law. To address problems in rice production, Dominguez suggests providing unconditional cash transfers to affected farmers. The Duterte administration defends its massive infrastructure program, saying 38 out of the 100 infrastructure projects in its list will be completed by 2022. But as Dino ponte tells us, some operational risks may still get in the way of its progress
3: the Duterte administration's Build, Build, Build program under fire as government revisits its list of flagship infrastructure projects. But presidential advisor for flagship programs and projects, Vince Dizon, insists this does not mean it's a failure. Dizon notes the current government has spent more for infrastructure projects compared to the previous ones. He also assures the public that out of the 100 infrastructure projects included in the revised flagship list, Thirty-eight will be completed by the time President Rodrigo Duterte's term ends in 2022. Compared to other previous administrations, we've more than doubled that already. It's really a um, a process. Like I said, these lists are evolving. If some of these projects uh, are deemed uh, not feasible, then we will have to uh, shelve them for now and then um, uh, look at other projects that we can do. Former presidential spokesperson Edwin LaSherda fires back as he laid down the infrastructure projects started during the term of former President Benigno Aquino III that will be completed during the Duterte administration. Amid all the back and forth, the American Chamber of Commerce Philippines asserts the infrastructure program in the Philippines must ultimately be about continuity. According to AmCham Philippines well, Senior Advisor John president Forbes, it doesn't matter which administration pushed for or started flagship projects, it's about how the government GDPs will sustain those projects and see them through. Up the well, target. let's
2: not talk in terms of presidency. You have to look at the projects. We track 120 projects. The projects that are moving tend to be the projects that started in the last administration. This administration will start more projects. It takes the gestation period of a large project is longer than one administration. So what we're looking for is continuity so that they that they get done.
3: A Philippine lawmaker plans to file a bill seeking to give President Duterte emergency powers to carry out government's Build, Build, Build program. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Joey Salceda says while the rollout has been quite slow, the bottlenecks have mostly been in the big-ticket items under the Transport Department. Salceda believes it's not too late to get back on track. In fact, he hopes to add to the list of 75 flagship projects more than 20 PPP or Private Sector Initiative projects. There's a clear list already mm-hmm. that it is in the paramount national interest to complete these projects. Mm-hmm. So kung ano man po nakakasagabal, kaya niyang gamitin yung powers na yun right-of-way, mm-hmm. uh, mga mag- magkukulit na mga... Um, so essentially that allows him to do these things. So kasi 8.1 trillion yun. Yung nakasalang lang, 2.1 trillion lang yun eh. So very very least, kung sino, aling mga proyekto binibigyan siya ng emergency powers. Okay. Bakit ba emergency powers to deal with crisis? Why not emergency power for something more positive? Fitch Solutions also sees the public-private partnerships playing a bigger role in the government's Build, Build, Build program. But it warns, investors in the country's infrastructure push face high operational risks. Fitch explains, while the Philippines has a relatively well-structured framework for public-private partnerships, giving the country an edge in attracting private capital, corruption, crime and bureaucratic inefficiencies would continue to pose risks for investors. The Philippine government is set to release soon the official expanded list of big-ticket infrastructure projects under its belt. Dino Ponti rig, ABS CBN News.
0: And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.